If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today is my longtime co-host, Curtis. We were able to steal him away from his law school responsibilities at least for an hour or so. Uh, And today, we're going to close out our Glory UGA Greatest Georgia Football Players of the Past 25 Years Tournament. We've been running this for, what, the past month now? Uh, We started with 64 great players from the past 25 years of Georgia football, And we are now down to the Elite Eight, then the Final Four, and the Championship matchups. We're talking about all of those today on the podcast. We have really, really enjoyed this whole process. It's been awesome having these discussions and these debates on the show about which player was greater than another player. Um, It was really cool also to see where you guys landed on some of these matchups in the listener Twitter polls. We've had some insanely close matchups and just some flat-out impossible picks to make. And we've also had more than a few blowouts with the obvious answers. And I haven't agreed necessarily with every single listener vote, and I'm not going to agree with all of them today, but I totally respect where you guys are coming from. And let's be real, all of these players are great. That's why they were in this tournament in the first place. And this is as subjective of a task as there is. So all of these votes are totally defensible. Uh, So it's been a lot of fun, but today is the day where we wrap it all up and unveil the greatest Georgia football player of the past 25 years. Before we do that, though, I do want to thank all of you again for sticking with us through this just crazy pandemic time uh, when sports around the country are just at a standstill, uh, still as I record this right now. And we've said it many times through the years, but it remains as true as ever. We work hard, we do, to try to produce a quality podcast for you guys. But like, who cares about that? The reality is this podcast would not exist at all if it was not for all of you guys out there who have supported us through the years, through the ups and downs, and, and we are fully aware of that. So I just want to say thank you again, guys. Sincerely, just thank you so much for supporting our show. And, and it, 
it's just humbling that I know I've said this before also, but it's just it is. It's humbling that anyone wants to listen to us talk about Georgia football. We love it. We live it. Um, and we know that a lot of you out there are just like us. And that's why we want to make this podcast in the first place. So thank you for everything. Um, it would also help us even more, though, through this tough time if you would tell just one friend or one family member about this podcast, anyone who might be looking for some what we hope is quality Georgia sports talk. Anyone out there. So, uh, you know, every extra, every new listener is, is a tremendous help right now because uh, the reality is our partners at Overtime Media, they've been fantastic. We love those guys. Um, but they're getting pressure from advertisers to stop sponsoring shows right now that don't hit a certain threshold of listeners through this whole pandemic. Uh, we are in good shape at the moment. Uh, we've surpassed that threshold or the first two months that this crisis has touched uh, through uh, March. And uh, we look good for April. I think we're going to be just fine. But we want to keep it that way and get through this rough time so that once the new football season does get here, we will still be around to cover it for you guys. Especially because I think, I think, I've said this before, but I think this has a chance to be a really special season if it actually ends up happening. Which I I think it will in some shape or form. I feel pretty confident saying that. I don't know exactly what it will look like and when it will actually uh, take place, but I feel confident saying that it's going to happen in some way. Uh, So if all of you awesome people out there would be willing to just spread the word about our show to just one more person, that would help us out tremendously. But all right, let's get to some football talk. We know that's what you guys came to hear today, and we want to get straight to it. And uh, we're going to start with the Elite Eight. We've got the Red Region up first, and our first matchup will be Jarvis Jones versus Mr. Hot Rod himself, Rodrigo Blankenship. Our listeners went with Jarvis. Kurt, that's not surprising, right? Like Jarvis is pretty clearly the winner here. Yeah, I mean, as good as Rod was, Jarvis. Jarvis was Jarvis. Yeah, that's all we can say. Jarvis is Jarvis, right? Yeah, when it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, Rodrigo was great for us. There's no doubt. I mean, he was a fantastic player, but. I mean, Jarvis Jones talking about SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a one-man wrecking crew against Florida. I mean, he was – and you said, I think, in the last show about Jarvis, he was a game-changing player, right? That's just what he was. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Mizzou, that very first time we played them, I mean, we were winning, but he he all of a sudden – that's when he really came out with all his sacks and he kind of put the game away. That's the grown man football That's my first experience of him. Yeah, remind me if I'm wrong, but that's the grown man football game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. But yeah, the first time we played, yeah, I was there. Uh, actually, I've been I've been to Columbia every time I played in Columbia, Missouri. If you guys, there was I, I saw a poll somewhere about like, the best college towns in the SEC, and Columbia, Missouri got like no love. And I'm telling you guys, it's the best I've been to outside of Athens, Georgia. That's just me. I've been just about everywhere, um, and it's to me by far the best college town outside of Athens, in, in my opinion, at least in the SEC. But regardless, fun trips. If you haven't gotten to go down there, make it down there. It's a great time. But Jarvis, like, yeah, you're right. That was kind of his like national coming out party, and he just. Like, was consistently that guy the rest of his career here in Athens. And Hot Rod, as great as he was, was probably, we've said it before, the second best he kicker. He some big kicks. He ha- yeah, he's, he made some big kicks. I mean, you can never forget the Rose Bowl kick. But he missed some kicks in some big moments, SEC title games. Um, God, I've never – the one against Bama in 18. I'm not saying that would have – I'm not saying we would have won that game if he makes that kick, but it just gives you a little breathing room, right? It just feels a little different. Um I don't know. That's a, that's a tough kick to miss. But I mean, he Hot Rod has got the whole like I don't want to say like it's not an icon, but just kind of like the uh, 
mythology around him with the personality, the goggles, all that kind of thing. And that, that, that personality aspect of hot rodding that, that plays into his greatness in some people's mind, obviously also a much more recent player, um, but and really, really good player. But I would, I don't know if I would call as good as he was, was hot rod dominant, Kurt? No, I mean, the guy could kick it in the end zone consistently, which was always nice, but he was never what Jarvis was for us. No, no way. They, not even close. Um, so, yeah, I think Jarvis, to me, was the obvious answer here. The listeners agreed with 70% of their vote. Honestly, I was surprised maybe it wasn't a little bit higher than that, but still uh, a very comfortable victory for Jarvis Jones, and he will head into the Final Four, where he will take on the winner of our next matchup, and this one, man, this one, there's there's two matchups in the Elite Eight that were like, I'm talking as close as you could possibly get. And this is one of those matchups. And I I, I mean, I, I I feel pretty confident in my pick in this one. But I, the thing is, I can see an argument the other way. I can totally see an argument both ways. And that is the matchup between David Pollock and Todd Gurley. Curtis, our listeners went with Gurley with 51% of their vote. And it Pollock was in the lead for a while, then Gurley kind of slowly but surely crept into the lead and was able to just edge out Pollock. I think actually um, it might have been like tie 50-50, like half an hour to go. I retweeted it to get a few more votes, try to break the tie, and Gurley in that like last half an hour just barely snuck ahead. And, uh, and I know when you were voting on this, I asked you, who are you picking, right? And at first yeah, I was you really, I was really conflicted. I... I think I ended up going with Gurley, but did, it yeah. should have been Pollock. Like you texted me, you texted me. You said first you said Pollock, and then I'm just gonna pull up the text here. You said let me find it. And here I said Hurley or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was something innocuous. It was so I said uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, I said cool Pollock or Gurley. You said Pollock, and then like uh, within. Uh, about 30 seconds later, you come back and say, actually, go Gurley. So, obviously, you were conflicted. I think a lot of our our listeners out there were probably in the same boat as you. I, don't I probably think should have stuck there. with Pollock. I'll say I think he uh, – while Gurley's probably the best we've ever seen live, Pollock yeah. was still just – the, the thing about Pollock, too, is he was like the epitome of a great teammate. Like, you know, some people wanted to hold it against Gurley, you know, how he got in trouble and things like that. And that was the difference. Pollock did it for four years, and – I'm not saying Gurley cut corners or anything, but Pollock was literally like a stand-up person too, which I want to take into account yeah. for like what made him such a great, lovable bulldog. Yes, and, and, and I'm gonna be fair. To you. You're right. Uh, he didn't have like the suspension hanging over his head. I do want to. I just. I, I do want to say Todd is a great dude. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely like, I don't think he cut corners or anything. Yeah. He just. I mean, everyone's in a different situation, which sure. is different than like doing roids or something like that. Sure, absolutely. I, I look I, it, when that whole thing went down. Like uh, my wife and I were actually like in disagreement, like at, over that situation. Her thing with, with Gurley was like, "Well, you know what? He put his uh, he put his he he hurt his team. He put his team in a bad spot based on uh, the decisions he made in, in a selfish way." She basically basically saw it as a selfish decision, and I get that, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. But my argument always was, this dude comes from a different background right like his family needed and you can say well he was if he just waits a couple months he'll get his nfl money he'll be good to go but you know what if your family needs money right then right there it's hard to turn away from that uh and again i got like to me it's not like he did something criminal like that's i I just don't see it that way so i don't want to i don't want to like bash out here and say he's and i know that's not what you were doing at all and and try to suggest he's not a good guy because actually from everything i've ever heard todd is just a, a really good dude um, definitely made a mistake there. I think we can all agree that with that. But you're right. Pollock never had anything like that in his background. Um, and I, 
looking at I want to explore kind of what I've said. You mentioned it there a second ago, and, I, and I've always said this that, that Todd Gurley is the best player I've seen with my own two eyes. But the thing is, I've also seen David Pollock with my own two eyes. And so if I've always said that Gurley's the best I've ever seen live, then I would have to go with Gurley, right? But my, I actually voted for Pollock. Yeah, um, the thing is, especially with Pollock, I mean, we all talk about it, but that South Carolina play, I don't, that, that's an unheard of play for a, ty- like a defensive man at the time. Like, insane. you don't see that, especially to insane. win a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, and that was, I mean, that was a, a tight game. Absolutely. Um, just, yeah, an insane play. So, like, I, I got to, like, this was a tough one for me, as it was for you, and it seems like all of our listeners out there as well. Because, like, I, again, I've always said, Gurley's the best I've ever seen. Then, I, then uh, if I say that, then you got to go Gurley, right? But I think back at Pollock, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what do I mean when I say Gurley's the best I've ever seen? And I think what I'm, and like, I, so I kind of like question myself. And I guess what I'm, when I, when I say that, what I'm saying is, like, in terms of athleticism and, like, God-given ability, he's the best I've seen. Like, Paul didn't have as – I mean, I think it's fair to say did not have the God-given physical gifts that Todd Gurley had. Is that fair, Kurt? Oh, yeah, 100%. But that doesn't mean he wasn't as good of a player or potentially better player than Todd was at at his job, at his position. Um, and then you also have to factor in uh, – when you're talking about greatness, and, again – We've said this every time we've done one of these episodes doing this tournament. Greatness is defined differently by different people. It's a very subjective term, especially talking about college football players and their greatness. But I think for me, part of that has to be your accomplishments. What did you do for your team? Uh, And Gurley was a stud. He was the best player on the field almost every time he took the field. I mean, actually, I'm not sure there was a game where he wasn't the best player on the field that he ever that he played during his time here in Athens. But the fact is, obviously, with due to suspensions and also injury his sophomore year, he only had 1,000-yard year in his career. He only rushed for over 1,000 yards one time in his career here at Athens, in Athens. Now, if he was healthy and no suspensions, that would have been probably three years in a row. He very well, as we've said, would have, could have and would have probably won the Heisman Trophy in 2014. But the fact is that didn't actually happen. Whereas David Pollock, as you said, the consistency over four years, especially the last three years, we're talking about a three-time All-American one of only two players in Georgia history to be a three-time All-American. And we're talking about Pollock and Herschel Walker. I mean, you can make a strong argument that, that David Pollock is the second best player in Georgia history, um, just based on accomplishments right, right there. Now you can throw in Frank Sinkwich and Charlie Trippy and and all those guys. There's a ton of guys out there you can throw in there as well. But I, I think Pollock, you can he could be in that conversation. Whereas, like, do you see Gurley in the conversation as one of the like a top three Georgia player ever. I'm not sure I see Gurley. No, like, you're no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, and like if you go, I, I know this, this term is limited to the last 25 years because we wanted to make and be able to include as many people as, as listeners as we could. And we have some younger listeners who don't go back as far as the Charlie trippies and that kind of thing, which I don't think many people do. Um, but uh, so like, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I totally see the argument for Gurley. I really do. Um, Cause I think if you say athletic ability, definitely better than David Pollock. But I don't know if that makes him a greater Georgia Bulldog than David Pollock. I love how Todd always reps the G. He's always very, very um, into like the fact that he's a Georgia Bulldog. He is a Georgia guy at heart through and through now. And I know Pollock gets a bad rap for that sometimes. We, we talked about this in the last episode with the whole game day thing, him sometimes picking against us. But, dude, come on. Pollock is a dog through and through. He bleeds the red and black just like anybody else. Um, uh, maybe more so than most people. He's, he's here in Athens uh, around the facility all the time. Um, he loves Georgia. He just also has a job to do. Um, so I went Pollock. Listeners went Gurley, barely. And you went with Pollock first and then flipped to Gurley. So Gurley is moving on to 
the final four. And I'm like heartbroken over that. Cause like, I don't know. I, to me, David Pollock had a really good chance to win this. Um, I think you make a strong argument there, but Gurley's moving on. And it's hard to argue with Gurley. He's an outstanding player in his own right. And he will take on Jarvis Jones in the final four. Uh, it'd be really cool to have Pollock versus Jarvis in the final four with Jarvis, you know, breaking a single season sack record. That'd have been kind of cool. But anyway, moving on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We got the black region here. Now, this one is another one. We won't spend as much time on this one because it was uh, maybe the biggest blowout that we had almost the entire tournament. You have Chant Bailey versus Justin Houston. Justin Houston, love him, great player, very good player, especially in 2010. But let's be real, probably didn't have any right being in the Elite Eight. It was just kind of a, a situation based on the way the random generated bracket kind of played out. And so he gets in the Elite Eight to face Chant Bailey. Our listeners went with Champ, obviously, with 97.3% of the listener vote. Curtis, you you didn't lose your mind, did you? You went with Champ, right? Yeah, I thought that was the easy one. Yeah, I, again, I don't want to spend too much time on that one. Champ Bailey, NFL Hall of Famer, Justin Houston, really good player. Um, had a really good uh, final year in Athens and has had a really, really good NFL career. But he's not Champ Bailey. That's as simple as that. So Champ is moving on. From the black region where he will face the winner of our next matchup. And this was actually the closest matchup of the Elite Eight. Even closer, just a little bit, but even closer than Pollock versus Gurley. And that is a matchup of two of the, I would say, clearly two of the three best wide receivers in Georgia history. I'd also throw Terrence Edwards in that conversation as well. We have Heinz Ward versus A.J. Green. This one was just like the Pollock and Gurley matchup. Went back and forth throughout the weekend. But Hines ultimately eked it out barely over AJ with 50.8% of the vote. Now, this is one like I didn't really know how this was going to play out. Some of these I kind of like I predicted that Champ was going to blow out Houston. I knew that was going to happen. Um, I thought that Pollock and Gurley would be pretty close. But Hines and AJ, I didn't know. I didn't know how this would play out. So I was kind of interested. And it was very cool to see uh, it, this kind of be as close as it ultimately ended up being. So the fans go with Heinz Ward with 50.8% of their vote. Kurt, who did you end up going with? I went with Heinz. I think he was the Mr. Everything. I think that was the big difference for me. Yeah. And I, I've talked about Heinz before. Like I, I do have memories of Heinz. They're not as vivid as my memories of AJ. Um, Heinz uh, was, was playing in Athens when I was, you know, really kind of coming of age as a college football fan. I was 11, 12 years old when he was playing somewhere around there. Um, so my, some of my earliest like George full memories that I can actually like still remember, I'm seeing Heinz Ward running around on the, on the television and, and there in Sanford stadium. Um, but AJ, obviously my memories are much more vivid of what he did because that was much more recent. So I, I think in this matchup, recency bias did play a, a role in this as, as it did in a lot of matchups, throughout this tournament which makes sense because we have a lot of again younger listeners who don't go back as far like i i'll I throw myself in there like heinz I, I just said i i remember heinz but i don't remember him as vividly as aj um but i also am very well aware of what heinz ward did while he was here in athens the versatility and of course i think you have to factor in to at least on some level what he did in the nfl and aj has been fantastic in the nfl but is it fair to say kurt that heinz 
I, mean, I know AJ's at a different point in his career. Hines is retired. AJ's still playing. But to this point, Hines cl- clearly had the more accomplished NFL career, right? Yeah. And I don't like. I don't know if Hines is going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I think he's like a fringe. Uh, yeah, I think like he's a fringe. Yeah, like, and maybe like late in his like you know in his eligibility he can get in there. Maybe um, it wouldn't shock me if he ever did. But he's not like a, like a a sure thing first ballot type guy. He's not that kind of guy. But certainly a guy that's at least in the conversation. If you're in the conversation of getting a, a, a nod to the Hall of Fame. Like you have had one hell of a career, and Heinz Ward absolutely did. Two times Super Bowl winner, a Super Bowl MVP one time. Um, now he didn't have as much success, uh, and like, he was really good personally in Athens. But our teams were as successful. But at the same time, AJ would kind of played for us at a moment in our uh, in Mark Rick's tenure where we weren't really winning big either. I guess he comes in in two thousand eight uh, when we were uh, preseason number one and all and all that jazz. And that didn't quite play out like we won. Still good that year, but uh, AJ is one of those players. There's a uh, that period of time right there, like 09 through. I mean, I guess really like 09 to uh, up to like uh, 11, and then 12. Obviously, we were right there, borderline playing for the national championship game. Uh, but then from like 13 through 15, like we had some really good players that we just flat out wasted. Like we didn't win anything with Todd Gurley. Like we played an SEC title game with Todd Gurley, but we didn't win anything. We had AJ Green. Didn't win anything with AJ Green. Um, had some good teams, but didn't actually win anything. Um, so it's not all that different there. We talk about uh, the teams around them. We might have won a little bit more, might have been a little bit more nationally relevant with AJ than with Hines. Um, but 50.8%. Were you surprised it was that close, Kurt? Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But it's I, not because AJ's such a big name right now. I think that's what it had. Like AJ's career is still going on, even though he was injured pretty much all of last year. He's still a big name wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, and again, a lot of people, he's much more recent in terms of his playing career here in Athens and just, just made some ridiculous catches. And AJ was like the, a dude from day one. So like, I think we all remember AJ finally, we've said it before. Like it, it kind of goes back to like the question between Pollock and, and Gurley in that conversation. I think AJ is a more physically gifted and talented wide receiver than Hines, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No question. Honestly, it's kind of the same thing with Gurley and Pollock, but Again, that doesn't mean that AJ is necessarily a greater Georgia Bulldog than Heinz Ward was. And you can have that opinion. If someone said AJ, and a lot of people did, I'm not going to argue with you because AJ was freaking fantastic. But Heinz Ward, uh, to me, based on the versatility and what he was able to do in the NFL, and we'll see, maybe AJ gets to that point. But he's just not there yet. So I give Heinz the slight edge for all the reasons that we laid out there. I think there are a couple people that said it wasn't that close with them. And I respect that to me. Honestly, for me, this was pretty close too. I had to think about this one for a minute, but ultimately I decided to go with Heinz Ward where he will now advance to the final four to take on Chant Bailey, which is a, that's a great final four matchup. So let's move on to the final four. Um, so the elite eight was, we had two matches there in the elite eight that were really competitive. The final four, maybe not quite as competitive. Um, we had, I would have, Really been interested to see what would have happened uh, if we would have gotten David Pollock into this into the final four and maybe into the championship matchup, but that didn't quite happen. But we've got a fir- the first matchup in the final four. We got Todd Gurley versus Jarvis Jones. Our listeners went with Todd in a landslide with eighty six percent of the listener vote. Kurt, do you agree? Um, yeah, I think I do. I probably would have gone with Todd, or I did go with Todd over Jarvis. I just, I think. Um that I still would think that he's a better player than Jarvis. I agree. I went with Gurley as well. I guess my question about this one, 
is like 86% of the vote. Like, is it that clear cut for you? No, I would. I thought this one would have been more like, I, I was shocked it was that high or, you know, that much yeah. of a play. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, again, this is where I, I got some of these wrong. I was anticipating, like, I thought Gurley would probably win this one. Uh, again, recency bias plays a little bit of a role in that. Um, and he's still playing in the NFL where Jarvis is actually here in Athens now. Um, I thought it would be close to like maybe a 55, 45, 60, 40 kind of vote, something like that. I did not see 86% coming out. So what do you think factors into this 86% of the listeners' votes going to Gurley? I mean, I take into account the fact that, you know, he's back in Atlanta. It's really, really helping him. Um, That's and a good just point, what yeah. he's been doing, in, been doing in the pros where Jarvis kind of fizzled out. Um, and then as good as Jarvis was, Todd was Mr. Everything, just the, the big name guy, the one that Sports Center talked about all the time when he was healthy or when he was playing. It, it, let's be real. It's kind of like just like I just re, I I saw it again like somewhere on social media a couple days ago. Remember the old Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, chicks dig the long ball commercial. Remember that that Nike yeah. commercial. I know you were you were young mm-hmm. when that came out, but that that was it was an all timer. It was an all timer. It was a great commercial. And I saw it again. I was like, I just remember how much I love that. And it it kind of reminds me of like running backs, right? Like you talk about running backs in college football. Like that's it's it's kind of the same thing. Like yeah, we all know how great Jarvis was and how great like David Pollock was, right? These pass rushers, but they just don't get the love. Like running backs do, you know what I mean? Yeah. The touchdowns, the big plays, all that. Like, like, and we can measure. It's much more easy. It's much easier to measure the stats of a running back versus a a defensive player. I mean, now, pass rush, you can you can say you can measure sacks. That's really all you measure: sacks and tackles for loss. And there's so much more that goes into that. Whereas a running back, you can measure the receptions, the rushing yards, receiving yards, touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and they just get more opportunities. Whereas, like, a, a, if you if you're a Let's say a pass rusher like Jarvis or David Pollock, if you have one or two sacks in a game, you had a really good game. Whereas, you know, Gurley, you know, you're racking up 150, 200 yards a game, three, four touchdowns. Like that just, those stats just stand out more. And you're right, they get more play on uh, a social media, on ESPN, Sports Center, all that kind of stuff. So I think that factored into it. I like what you said about the Atlanta thing. Uh, I think certainly. Uh, what about the fact that Gurley played in the, 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 what was the Super Bowl like two years ago now? Um, I want to say, but remember, he, he was kind of he had ended his year on a bad note that year. But I think him. just I think it's still freshness. I mean, just it was the year every, before the year before he played in the Super Bowl. Like that was his his career, or year, even right? even the first part of the, even the first half of that year, he was he was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. someone that you considered an MVP candidate. Yeah, the year before the Super Bowl run, I uh, I thought he had a really strong argument to be. MVP. Like I thought he had, a, and he didn't get it, but I thought he had a strong argument to make to be in that conversation. Um, and then you're right; he started out the Super Bowl year on the same same level, and then the knee issues kind of popped up, and he clearly was not the same guy. But so, regardless, he's been a high profile player for a couple years now, um, fresh in people's memories. Especially if you're talking about Georgia fans coming to Atlanta now, that puts them even more into our minds. So I think that had to factor in, uh, at least on some level. And again, the fact that he's a running back, um, and he was just so good from from day one. And Jarvis, you know, he obviously once he got here, he was fantastic. But did not start his career here in Athens. Started at USC, then comes here with the whole Lincoln and deal and the injury. Um, really glad he made that decision to finally come here. Wish he would have done it from the beginning, but still, just glad he ended up where he belonged. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think Gurley's the that's who I would. That's probably the right answer here. I just don't know if it was as clear-cut as 86% of the listener vote, but uh, kind of just splitting hairs there. All right, that takes us to our 
uh, second Final Four matchup, and this one, I, this is the one other one that was very interested to see. So it's it's two 1990s Georgia Bulldogs, uh, two guys that t- their teams didn't win all that much, but two guys that had outstanding NFL careers. You got Chant Bailey versus Heinz Ward. Uh, the listeners went with Champ with seventy seven percent of their vote. Curtis, did you also go with Champ? Or are you going with Heinz? I want Ch- uh, Champ. I don't think it's a. Qu- I mean. I think there's no question it's Champ Bailey. Yeah, as good as Hines was, like Champ was just Champ. I mean, I know you said something like that earlier. It's just the truth, man. Champ was that good. And he was versatile in his own right as well. Maybe not as versatile as Hines, but did some different things for us. Um, it was just, I mean, you could tell when he was here in Athens. Again, I was young when he was playing, but you could clearly tell, as young as I was and as dumb as I was, you could tell that Champ was special. Um, and, and like like we talk about Hines, maybe he wasn't the greatest athlete, um, but he just grinded and just made something of himself. Um, and, and I will say Heinz was a really good athlete in in college. There's no doubt about that. But I don't. He wasn't the level of athlete that Champ Bailey was. Heinz was versatile, but he just wasn't like he didn't have that extra gear that Champ did. Um, I think you saw that in the NFL. Heinz was a really good player in the NFL, uh, but it wasn't necessarily based on his, especially later on in his career. It wasn't based on like how athletic he was. It was basically how crafty he was and how hard nosed he was and that kind of thing. Whereas Champ was just a freaking stud. Um, for so many years in the NFL and is literally an NFL Hall of Famer. So as good as Hines w- was, and this is tough. I mean, this is a really tough match, but I love both these guys. I mean, they both deserve to win and move on. But I think Champ, I think the listeners got this one right. It's He's just on another level. I mean, we're talking about Hines is a borderline French Hall of Famer. Champ's a straight-up Hall of Famer. Uh, it's as simple as that. So Champ is going on to the championship matchup. And our final matchup will be Todd Gurley versus champ bailey honestly when i uh when we first had the these matchups randomly generated we, we got the 64 names put them in the matchup generator and they spit them out and i kind of went through the matchups myself and said okay who, here's who i pick here who's who i pick there when i came out with it it was pollock versus champ in the in the championship matchup but here we are with todd Gurley versus champ bailey uh and the listeners went with champ bailey with 59% of their vote. Curtis, I will ask you again. Champ or Gurley? I would have gone with Champ. Margin. I mean, I did go with Champ. I was shocked that he didn't actually get a bigger margin because, I mean, yep. Champ. This, was- yeah, I got surprised again. I got surprised the other. I, I thought a lot of these would be closer. I thought this would be a wider margin. But why do you, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, Gurley's been like, we've talked about how great Gurley is, all the reasons why he should keep getting votes. But Champ is a whole, I, I mean, Champ is an NFL Hall of Fame player. Yeah, like when you look at recruits, of course everyone wants to be like Todd Gurley and stuff. But if you really want to sell certain people, all you have to say is Champ Bailey. Like that's like the epitome of what it means to be a – like even young guys know who Champ Bailey is. Yeah. Yeah, they they do. Um, Absolutely. Especially, you know, young guys in the state of Georgia. I think that's – they might not know know him as readily as, as Todd Gurley. But that name certainly carries weight. I think it still does today. There's no doubt. And here's what I would say, too. And I, I want to give credit to um, our man, Cliff. Uh, Cliff is a rock star, man. We love Cliff. And he has been uh, definitely involved with uh, making these picks throughout this past month. And um, he's been sharing his thoughts. And he's had some really good points. And he made a great point in this final matchup between Champ and Gurley. And um, kind of paraphrasing him here, essentially what he said was, you know, Gurley was so, so good, outstanding player. But um, you can't really say that Gurley was the best running back in Georgia history, whereas I think you can clearly say that Champ Bailey was the best cornerback in Georgia history. Is that fair, Kurt? Oh, yeah. I mean, Champ's probably the number two player in 
you or, I mean top three, top five player in Georgia history. Champ is a Mount Rushmore dog. Uh, is, is Gurley a Mount Rushmore Georgia Bulldog? Probably not. He was I don't one, think he is. He was one of the best running backs, but that's not enough to get him on there. Yeah, and that, that'd be a fun show to do maybe later on during this whole pandemic, stay at home, whatever we're in right now. Like the Mount Rushmore Georgia Bulldogs. Like, and that's, again, that's totally subjective. And somebody's probably shaking their head and yelling and screaming and cussing at us right now. Like, what? Girl, he's obviously a, a Mount Rushmore Georgia Bulldog. I just, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about all time. I think we'll, that, we'll say that we'll do that show. But I think Champ is, I think he's on. I'll say that. I think Champ Bailey is on the Mount Rushmore of Georgia Bulldogs. Todd Gurley, I don't think makes that list. Uh, David Pollock, I think, might be a little closer. Just, you know, just going back to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gurley was so good. But Champ is just a, a different level. Um, definitely the best cornerback in Georgia history. I think arguably a top five, three to five player in Georgia history. I know this is the last 25 years is what we limited this to for the reasons we laid out earlier. But, I mean, even if you go back with uh, the Herschels and the Sinkwiches and the Trippies and all those guys, there's so many other names out there. Uh, Jake Scotts, all those guys. Um, Man, Champ is right up there, man. He really, really – I know he didn't win the Heisman Trophy. He didn't play on great teams and that kind of thing. But in terms of just, like, how good this guy was and, like, what he ended up being, like, what his legacy is going to be uh, as, a, as just a football player in general, I, I think he's the he's the obvious answer here. And uh, so that means Champ Bailey, according to the Glory UGA, greatest Georgia football players of the past 25 years tournament, is now crowned the greatest Georgia football player of the past 25 years. And honestly, I thought it might play out that way. I, I thought Champ would probably win. Um, and if you look back at the bracket, like this now this thing, this whole tournament didn't play out exactly as I thought it would. There were some guys that I thought would move on a little further that didn't, but it was still so much fun to do over the past month. Had a lot of fun with this. Uh, matchups definitely played a big part in this. Some guys got really favorable matchups like Champ. Like, like Champ would have probably beaten anybody, but he also got a really favorable pathway to the final four and ultimately to winning the whole dang thing. Um, and some guys just got screwed with these randomly generated matchups. I mean, for example, like Nick Chubb versus Richard Seymour in round two. What? Like both those guys at the very least deserve to be in the sweet 16. I think you make an argument for both those guys in the elite eight, honestly. And they mashed up in round two. And that's just, that sucked. Um, David Green having to face Roquan Smith in round one. I mean, I'm not saying David Green's a, an elite eight Georgia Bulldog of the past 25 years, but I think he's better than getting knocked out in round one. Uh, same thing for DJ Shockley gets, has to match up against Jarvis Jones in round two, uh, Aaron Murray, all these quarterbacks, man, uh, Aaron Murray versus AJ green in round one with the way it was randomly generated. So there were a lot of guys who I thought deserved to go a little further. Thomas Davis was another one of those guys that I thought deserved to go a little bit further, but just the way the match was played out. And that happens in the NCAA tournament, you know, the actual NCAA basketball tournament it happens that way too. It's just a, uh, Part of the deal. But before we get out of here, Curtis, um, I do I, I wanted to ask you this. So because I was kind of, you know, looking at how everything played out and how the listeners voted and how we got to the, the final elite eight. I was curious, like if you had like if, if you were just picking all right, the past 25 years and you didn't do the tournament, you just pick okay, who are the best eight players in uh, best eight Georgia football players of the past 25 years? Would you have gone with the same? I'm going to read who we've got here. So in the in the elite eight, we had. Jarvis Jones, Rodrigo Blankenship, David Pollock, Todd Gurley, Chant Bailey, Justin Houston, Heinz Ward, and AJ Green. Would you have gone? I would have gone Justin. You take I out Justin Houston. Have gone Justin Houston. All right, who would you replace yeah. Justin Houston with? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Uh, who, 
Off the top of your head. Yeah, I mean, it's put, I don't know who. I, I just don't believe, like, when I think we got, about We've got DeAndre Swift recently. we got Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, uh, Richard Seymour, Thomas Davis. Yeah, I, I would have thought Alec Ogletree. Ogletree, you know, okay. That's, that's a, I mean, he was so good. Yeah. That's what I said. I mean, you always think of that block kick, the tight, the slam of Tech. I mean, he had two good years, really, once he moved to linebacker. Two really good years. And some big moments, too. I, mean, I think that's part of being great, too. Um, let's see, uh, who else would not, what about a guy like Matt Stinchcomb or, or, um, Andrew Thomas? Exactly. I mean, all those people, all these guys have gotten in there, man. So if I had to do it all, like if I was speaking my top eight guys, I think we got six of them. I think six guys that were ended up in our elite eight, I would have had in there regardless. I would have definitely had champ. I would have Pollock. I would have Todd Gurley. I would have AJ. I would have Hines. I would have Jarvis. I would have taken – Hot Rod would not have made the Elite Eight for me. Love Hot Rod, but I don't think he's one of the top eight Georgia Bulldogs of the past 25 years. I don't – personally just don't see that. Love him. Don't see that, though. And I, I I'm I'm agree with you. I would also have taken out Justin Houston. Again, same thing. Great Georgia Bulldog. Had one really, really good year. Had a couple other solid years. He's had a really, really good NFL career. But I don't think he's a top eight Georgia Bulldog of the past – 25 years. I, I would put Alec Ogletree over Justin Houston for sure, based on the career he had um, here in Athens. Absolutely. But here's, I would have replaced, if I was doing this, I would have replaced Houston and Rodrigo with Nick Chubb for sure. And my final spot in the Elite Eight, I would have thrown Richard Seymour in there. I would have thrown him in there. Because I think Richard Seymour is going to be an NFL Hall of, Hall of Famer. He was a finalist this year. He was an absolute, do- talk about dominant game-changing player. Like, like we talked about with uh, with Jarvis and Pollock, Richard Seymour was the same thing. Just played in the 90s, <laughs> and people just don't remember that. And the guy was a freaking monster. He's going to be in the NFL, NFL Hall of Fame. Nick Chubb, um, for so many reasons, we've talked about that. I think Nick Chubb's got to be in there. I'm not saying he was maybe the best player we've ever had in the past 25 years, but in terms of the total picture, the package of what Nick Chubb brought to the table, when you talk about that term greatness, I think Nick Chubb, for me, has got to be in there somewhere. I'm not. I'm not saying he's got to be in the final four, but I think he should be in the elite eight, at least over a guy like Rodrigo Blankenship, in my opinion. The other contender for my personal elite eight would be Roquan Smith. Uh, he would be right there on the edge, and, and the reason I would go with Seymour over Roquan was the fact that Seymour was was a beast almost his entire career. Whereas while Roquan was a flat out beast from hell in 2017. The fact is, like, that was the only year he was great. Um, it might have been a Heisman caliber season, and I've gone on record saying that I absolutely think it was. I, I think if we went with who was sure the best player in college football in 2017, it was Roquan Smith. And if he would actually have won the dang thing, then he might actually have gotten into my elite. It actually would probably be in the final four in the championship match uh, if he actually won the Heisman Trophy, but... He didn't because the Heisman Trophy doesn't go to the best player in college football. It goes to the best quarterback who's on uh, a good team. But Roquan was definitely deserving. However, Seymour was dominant for multiple years. I know it was back in the 90s, but he was dominant for multiple years. He's also, look, I, I, he's a future Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer. And maybe, maybe Roquan gets there too, but we don't know that yet. So I'm going to go with Chubb and, and Richard Seymour to round out my personal Elite Eight but I'm just one guy, and that's just me. It's just me. So, all right, guys, that does it for our our greatest players of the past 25 years tournament. Again, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure it didn't play out like exactly like a lot of you thought it might. But um, regardless, it, it was fun to do. And um, there obviously, there's a lot of room to disagree with some of these picks. So we'd love to get your reaction on social media. 
Uh, hit us up on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. We will be back next week as well. We've got a lot of great ideas planned for you guys, and there's no sports going on right now. But uh, that doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. We've got a lot of really fun ideas. Uh, still trying to find a way to talk some hardcore Georgia football. And if you know us on this show, you know that we're going to find a way to do that. So got a lot of good stuff for you guys. Next, next week, we've got some over-under picks, some win total picks to make, which is always a lot of fun. We usually hold that a little bit later in the summer, but what, what the heck? The, the lines are rolling out right now, so we're going to go ahead and do some of those. We'll talk about some NFL draft talk after the draft plays out next week with uh, where some of our guys end up. So a lot of great stuff coming up for you guys. Have the mail back come up as well. So if you got any questions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter uh, anytime, and we will save those questions for the mailbag at the end of the month. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for, for uh, participating in this exercise. It's been a lot of fun. I love to hear what you guys think about it. We'll do that next week. So for Curtis, I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.